Good evening, my loves. This is the One Take Wonder podcast with the Hot Weird Girl. I'm the Hot Weird Girl in question, Alexia, and you are tuning in to this week's Extremely Late episode, which have I done this before? Yes. Do I have a good excuse? Yes. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm moving. I've also mentioned in episodes that I have ADHD. You see where I'm going with this. Did I pack my podcast equipment in a box that I could not determine which box the podcast mic was in? Yes. Is it slightly embarrassing? Kind of. Um, If you thought I put it in an intuitive place like a backpack or with my laptop, then the joke is on you. The joke was also on me. Why was this packed in with my crock pot, in the crock pot specifically? No fucking idea. I mean, I didn't even pack those two things at the same time, and yet I was the only one who packed all my stuff. I'm just as confused as you are. Trust me. Um, But I'm in the new apartment. It's wonderful. Uh, I'd love to show you some of my interior design sometime, and I just bought a camera for YouTube. Yay! If you're interested in keeping up with me on other platforms, my TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram are all at Hot Weird Girl. That's girl with a zero instead of an I. Um, I'm super active on there. I love reading your messages. And thank you guys for reaching out and reminding me, Buki, where's the podcast? Hours of rummaging later, and we finally did it. And we're here to talk about something that's near and dear in my spirit because I just took my braids out tonight. What the fuck is going on with braiders? Now, I'm not the first person to speak on this, and I love what Julesy had to say about like class in the back community and braiding at a very historical perspective, but really what I want to speak on is what I just call like the proliferation of section culture. And I think it's a trauma response to Jim Crow. That's a wild statement, but walk with me here. Okay. Walk with me. So without doing a complete historical deep dive into the Jim Crow era in the United States, you should just know that it was a period of forced segregation where blacks and whites were forcibly separated, um, obviously on the basis of race and under the guise of separate but equal black people were given intentionally the worst of the worst for pretty much every resource and um you know were violently kept in line under this extremely oppressive regime that ultimately deprived our people of education housing safe water health care food um etc etc because the best resources would go to the whites and then things were intentionally made worse for the blacks and this was really important because not only was it intentionally made worse but it was very much socially enforced that you know you can't have this exclusive thing and we're going to make it incredibly difficult for example um and most famously the montgomery bus boycott was when um black civil rights activist pro protested the Montgomery bus system because it was preventing them from riding the bus without sitting in the back. So even though these businesses depended on Black patronage, they still didn't want to treat them as full, equitable customers by giving them right and would always treat them poorly. And this is just the important context to have in mind as I start on my rant about braiders. Trust me, it will loop it all in. Why is trying to find a braider one of the most difficult things you can do in the world. If you're listening to this and you're not black, 
imagine trying to find a hairstylist except all the hairstylists hate you and they're mean to you and they sound like they want to beat your ass but you're paying them hundreds of dollars okay that's what it is if you're black oh that's my cat if you can hear me out in the background matthew says hello his name's matthew um, anyway, oh, and he's a little black cat. I feel like you guys should envision this. He also has two fangs, um, like a little vampire, but only one of the fangs is out all the time, and the other one, the left one, only comes out when he's really excited. He's kind of furious right now because I won't give him more treats, so the one fang's not out. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Imagine that you're paying people hundreds of dollars, and they all act like they want to beat your ass. And they all act like they're premier celebrity stylists. So like, it's ridiculously hard to book. Like I'm looking at this one Braider's booking policy. This is a completely normal, not insane example, by the way. You can only book with her once a day on the month at a particular time. And that's the only time that she'll let you make an appointment. Oh, you need your hair braided for an event in August. I guess you have to know that in June because you will only have July 1st at 3 a.m. to make an appointment. And if you have to make an appointment outside of those hours, she's going to charge you a booking fee, which if you're like, oh, what, it, like Ticketmaster. It's the Ticketmaster of getting your hair done in the black community. Completely insane. I'm losing my marbles because I just took these braids out of my head it was time for them to go. That is a whole separate story on how this one Philly stylist fucked me up. I just just to give you a picture. Do you remember Fairly Odd Parents and how big the dimmodome was? That's how big the parts in my head were. And to quote one particularly scathing TikTok comment, she just put a braid on every continent. So I had these big ass parts and these little ass braids. And I showed it to some of my white friends and even they were like, wow, that looks bad. Which do you know how fucked up your hair has to look for a white person to notice? Really bad. Biblically awful. Okay. It, it, like if the plagues were sent down on my head, I did make her go back and fix it. But what a start to moving to Philadelphia, trying to find a braider and having the worst experience of all time. So to set the scene, it's June 22nd now. I'm looking for a new braider. And she's like, I charge an extra fee for 4C hair. There is a ranking system on the kinkiest of kinky hair, 4C being the kinkiest, 4C also being the most common to black people. Like that is sort of the default of all of us, if you will. Okay, this is not a community that has people running around in like 3A texture. So as a very average regular bitch, at least when it comes to hair, I am a 4C girly. And this bitch wants to charge me extra. You will pay. You will pay divinely for that because that's my final straw. I can handle a lot of the other things. I can handle yelling at me in the booking instructions, using all caps, telling me that you're going to charge me $50 for showing up 10 minutes late, even though, God, this is the other fun part of the, the booking your braids experience. All of them are late all of the time. Like, 80% of the time. Assume that if your appointment starts at 1, it'll actually start at 1.30. But if you show up at 1.30, she'll charge you. But if she shows up at 1.30 and you dare to say something about it, she's going to fuck up your parts on purpose. Again, and I cannot emphasize this enough to my non-Black audience. It's like getting your hair done by someone who hates you and resents you for making them richer. 
And then if, if someone's going to make a smart ass comment, like Alexia, why don't you do your hair yourself? Because I'm not good at it. Okay. We all have our gifts. And if I knew how to do math and my own hair, like I would be supreme dictator of the world. Be thankful that those are my two weaknesses. But what's more infuriating about these, and I cannot emphasize this enough, incredibly fucked up booking policies is that they continually get business. You want to know why? Because we as a people continue to pay for it. Yes, you heard that right. I saw a lady, she's fully booked up. How much do you think she's charging for jumbo knotless braids, which is like the biggest braids that you can get in your head? for some fucking jumbo knotless, I'm going to rob you because you're robbing me. So it's expensive. It's not a pleasant customer service experience, and yet it continues to attract customers. Why? Section culture. Section culture. Due to generational trauma inflicted upon us by Jim Crow, we were told that the best things in life were things that were automatically excluded from the general public, thinking about ourselves as Black people, as the general public, and that in order to get into these experiences, you have to have enough money, but even then, while purchasing these you know, what's essentially a luxury item when it comes to getting certain hairstyles, especially when it comes to wig installs, sew-ins, even a quick weave, braids. It's at least a couple hundred unless you're going to an African salon, which God bless those ladies. I will see them this weekend at 830. You can walk into any African braiding salon. It's just, you can't make an appointment, but you can walk in. You will be out of there in several hours because there's going to be two to three ladies working on your head and they work fast. Thank God. I don't know why I didn't think of this in the first place. Anyway, if you live in Philly and you have some good recommendations, I'm literally begging you, please help me. Anyway, sorry for this pivot because I was about to make a really good point. But this idea that the best things in life are is what's automatically gatekept from the general community and that you have the ability to purchase your way into these experiences. But because we associate things that are gatekept with having a nasty attitude, even though we're giving them not only our patronage, but our hard-earned money in this economy is why these braiders get to exist. Do you understand this? Like because of a deep generational trauma that pairs nice things and nice experiences while also being treated like shit. Because the point that I was trying to make about the Montgomery bus boycott, even when we had the ability to sit at the front of the bus, those bus drivers were never fucking nice to us. Even when we had the ability to get our basic rights, they still weren't nice. It's like when you're black and you're purchasing something luxury and the sales associate is like still a little snippy with you. Personally, I leave in those situations, but some people don't. And the sales associate is like a little snippy with you. And it's like, well, at least I have this brand name, even though, you know, the people in the store weren't nice. That's what we're associating it with. And I call it section culture because there's this really, this hyper awareness. And I I think it's facetious to say that it's only caused by hip hop or like what we see on social media. I think it's a lot deeper than that, that 
paying for these experiences where you're separate from everyone else and where the real allure is not just what you're getting. It's not just the quality of the braids, because I'm going to be honest with you, the difference between braids that cost $300 and braids that cost $800, not that big of a difference. There's only so good that your braids can be. Okay. Especially when you consider that braids sort of deteriorate every day that you have them in your head, which only becomes more noticeable the longer that you keep them in to the point where your box braids are getting boneless. So it's not the quality of the goods. It's the fact that you paid for the goods from these people that were unappreciative to get your business. And that's why these braiders are allowed to flourish. Because ultimately the biggest flex is being able to say like, well, I can put what is essentially a down payment in other situations on my head from this girl that's so exclusive and so hard to book and you can only get her once a month well I got her and I got her premium spot and she did me good and she put me on her Instagram you know and you can look at me in that grass wall that every unprofessional stylist has in their salon I think that's a health code violation look I'm really riled up about this if you can't tell but I do have a serious point to make and that's I think we will continue to be swindled by outside forces and continue to swindle each other as long as we continue to view anything worth having as something that has to be inherently exclusionary and inherently a poor cust- like a poor customer service experience. Because truly, if any one of these girls with the talent to braid and sit there and do a head or an install or quick weaves or sew-ins, et cetera, et cetera, all the different things that you can do with our hair and offer a great customer service experience, she would be the most booked stylist in her city. At this point, I don't even set a budget when I pay for braids because I just want to pay for professionalism. I just want to sit in someone's chair and know that A, they're licensed. And I would really encourage you to watch um, Julesy's YouTube. I think it's on her second channel, Julesy's BFFR for more information about this because she really breaks it down like the licensure issues that exist with different state not to completely rip off her work but she points out that because this is a white supremacist society um you're not required to learn about black hair or black hair textures to become a licensed stylist so oftentimes the girls aren't getting licensed but that's also where we get into things where like you're showing up in a stylist chair and she's not actually taking care of your hair. She's just styling it. Like there's no wash, blow dry, trim, oil, hot oil treatments, deep condition, no recommendation about what you should do to take care of your hair when you're not sitting in her chair, which is pretty much 99.9% of the time. You only see her every so often if you're getting braids every couple months. We're losing those recipes. And she really goes into why and like the systemic infrastructure behind it. But it's ultimately not completely fair to say that this is just a legacy from Jim Crow. We also live in a society that very much equates exclusionary practices with being the best of the best. We often associate the best people, the best schools, the best food, being things that not everyone can access because the idea is the general public is undeserving of things, which (laughs) that's why socialism is never going to take root in this country. Like this idea that only certain people get to be exceptional and not that everyone deserves to exceptionally have their basic needs met is really what's holding us back. 
like, yeah, the idea that Americans all think that we're temporarily embarrassed millionaires is one thing, but like really and truly when you get at the root of it, just this idea that like not everyone is deserving of everything. And then that's reinforced through this like hyper consumerist culture where the best of the best is often the most expensive, or at least the most expensive gives the illusion of being the best of the best. And people correlate that with like a moral code and actual self-worth. It's going to be very, very hard to convince people that we all deserve universal health care when so many people get off or aspire to having health care that not everyone else can afford. Sometimes I feel like I got to back up being an extreme hater with also pointing out like the extreme historical context, but just allow me to be flippant for the next few minutes. It is actually easier to braid 4C hair than any other type of hair because, and again, cannot say this enough, that is supposed to be the default texture. So the fact that this bitch really thought that she could just charge me extra, you know, she didn't foresee me calling the state licensing board. That's on you to figure out if I'm just being a dramatic Gemini or if I'm being dead serious. I'll never tell. What I will tell is that I am so serious about getting my lick back on these people. Like, it's not enough to not give you my business. At this point, I'm going to start a, like a hater campaign and we're going double, triple platinum. You think I won't post about this for the next couple of days? I'm not going to dox her because like, that's wrong. Like I would never actually pull up her booking or give any sort of inkling about her identity because she did not consent to, like, like it's one thing when I stitch someone's video on TikTok and I talk shit because they consented to put their video up there, but bringing something from an outside source to TikTok when it's something like this, like that's not cool. So just, it's, it's more of like an open letter to like, don't ever let me find out that you're starting some stupid ass policy, like a parting fee or what I saw today, a tucking fee. If you don't know how to braid, you take the hair and you braid it in to the extension hair, whether that's synthetic or human. This girl had a tucking fee to quote, blend your hair into the extension hair. I almost wrapped my hands around this podcast mic like it was this bitch's throat. What does that mean? You want me to pay you an extra fee for not doing a sloppy ass job and I'm already paying you. I think her beast price was like 240 for boho knotless. I'm going to put a knot on your head. And I say this as someone who doesn't know how to fight and who's never been in a fight in her life. Like, this is really drawing me to violence. This, it, it keeps me up at night. It's 11.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the day that I'm recording this. Like, I'm riveted, riled up. Bitches are asking for blood oaths and your firstborn to make a deposit just for the opportunity to get canceled on days later. If your thing is getting peed on and then saying thank you afterwards, like keep that in the bedroom, you absolute weird freak. Don't bring that kink on to everyone else by just walking around bragging like, oh, I got completely fucked over by this one stylist because I pay $600 for braids or I pay this much for my weave or my install, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's section culture. Like that's this weird exclusionary, not everyone can afford it. But it's also just dumbassery. Like consumers control the market. 
Okay, it's basic supply and demand, except for luxury goods where the luxury good can continue to demand whatever it wants or like not demand, but set the price for whatever it wants because the demand will always be at a certain place. We as the consumers have the ability to just knock them all down a peg. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't get paid fairly for their work. I'm saying that people should invest in their customer service the way they invest in those dumbass photo shoots where you go on some girl's page and it's like, clearly you invested more time in like how pretty this website was than actually sitting down and thinking for longer than two seconds about A, the spelling in your booking information, but be like the fact that you're coming off wrong as hell. Like, you know what I don't want to do? Walk into your chair or let's be more realistic, your house. Because a lot of these girls are doing hair out their kitchen. And look, everyone starts somewhere. I would never knock that for just being in your house alone. But if I have to come to your residence and there's going to be babies, kids, and God knows who else running around and the house is going to smell like, mm, you know what it smells like. And maybe I'm in a neighborhood that I'm not familiar with. Can I at least feel like we're friends? Can we gossip? Why do I feel like if I speak up with you, you're going to pull the hair out of my head? I don't, like, I don't want to be afraid of my stylist. I don't want to feel like it's already a confrontation, you know? It, it genuinely feels like we're going through the Hunger Games, or like the plagues, like it's some sort of trial and tribulation, just get your hair done. And your hair at best really only lasts for five weeks. Like you really shouldn't be wearing it for longer than five weeks because, you know, I think I already said this, but like the braids are coming out the bone. This was my ministry today. I had to get this off my chest. It may be a bit of a diversion from the misogyny I normally talk about, but like I'm so close to being in a psychic microwave and I was, I was already radiated this weekend. And if you're unfamiliar with the concept of a psychic microwave, let me, I coined the term. It's basically, it's like three steps down from a psychic prism. Okay, let me tell you what a psychic prism is first. A psychic prism is this horrible mentally ill space it's doing things like convincing yourself that you're going to hold a man down in jail or listening to lana del rey with your boyfriend and looking at him and going this is so us um you know or telling yourself that you're not just a ride or die like you're just a girl who really cares it's stalking his instagram following after he goes out on a night out to see that it went up by one like you are in a sick place sister and realistically only pain and torture is going to get you out from that place because the thing about being in the prism is not only are you rotating at a 360 degree angle while like levitating in the middle of this prism that just smells like off scent faded febreze and like but your family and friends were like pounding on the outside but you can't hear us because you're just in this whirlpool of delusion a psychic microwave is like like a couple steps down from that. Like a psychic microwave is when I moved this weekend and I had my mattress delivered to the front door of my apartment. And when we get to the front door, I notice that there's no mattress. And my man is like, no, Alexia, like it's fine. These things happen. And I slid down the wall and started crying. And then the mover was like, can you unlock the door? And I was like, okay, yeah. And then the mover was like, tried to talk to me about like feng shui and like taking deep breaths. And he's like, maybe you should check out like Chinese medicine. Like you're really worked out. And I was like, yeah, I will definitely do that. But I'm 
like I think there are three situations that can make you levitate in life. One is if you just don't have sex with a man for the term of a pregnancy, you will actually get closer to flight. That's a whole separate podcast topic. I guess we don't have time to unpack that right now. The second is when you're just so upset that you're just like you're ascending into the astral plane and you're no longer limited by the gravity and the physics of your body and the third is whenever you think about it really 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 hard and if you're like no I've thought about flying really hard and like I've never been able to do it it's actually just because you suck and you're not good at it and I know several people that know how to do it so (laughs) maybe that's just on you Um, But the point is, is I was starting to levitate and this, this stylist situation, like this is putting me back in the psychic microwave and I, like your brain can only handle so much gamma ray damage. Okay. Like to quote a friend who's also in the psychic microwave, like all the time, God bless her. But there's just a certain point where you become so delusional that you'll start doing things like going to a cheesecake factory and pretending that you're in Tuscany, Italy, which is actually one of my favorite games to play with that girl that I just mentioned, my friend Sarah. We'll just go there when we're feeling like particularly Delulu and just be like, oh, like Tuscany's great this time of year. And cackling maniacally in public, like once you're in that place, just know that you're in the microwave for like seven minutes. And it's not okay to be there, okay? Like, there's a reason why all the tech billionaires, it's not even funny to mention the billionaires right now. Not because I don't think it's funny, because I'd like to have a job someday. Um, yeah, you can't you can't be in a microwave for too long. So, you know, I hope we learned something. We got a little bit of history today. We got a lot of possibly the most aggravated I've ever been on this podcast. Um, but I hope it was fun, if not informative, if not tantalizing. As always, if you made it to the end, I love you. These episodes are scheduled to come out every Monday. You have the full right to come and find me and beat my ass in this apartment because I did release this one a couple days late. I'm so sorry. Again, why was it in the crock pot? God only knows. And she's the one who made me like this. So really, take it up with her. Until next Monday, I love you so much. Oh, and one final thing, um, if you could rate this podcast on Spotify and Apple Music, and please leave a rating and share it with at least one friend this week, that would be so great. It really helps with the growth of the podcast. Have a good one, guys.